Hello everyone, this is Rico, and this is Trex in Sci-Fi, show number 77 for October the 1st, 2006. Going to cover a, a real critically acclaimed uh, Deep Space Nine episode this week on the show, along with a few other things, so let's get going. week's uh, Treks in Sci-Fi, I'm going to cover the Deep Space Nine sixth season episode, Far Beyond the Stars. This is a great little story about uh, racism and a lot of morality. Just just a wonderful episode and looking forward to covering it. We're going to do a full uh, episode commentary on this episode. I, I felt that it was, uh, yeah, I think it's difficult to break this one up, so I'm going to be covering that fully along with some other uh, comments on recent sci-fi shows, so stay tuned. We'll be back in a second. Hello again, everyone. This is Rico, and this is your weekly uh, weekend edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. First, uh, like I uh, usually do, I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the podcast. If you're new, Welcome. If you've been listening, you know, back since uh, more than a year ago, uh, I really appreciate uh, you sticking with the show all this time. Well, it's a new month. It's October. Uh, We've got a a few changes on the TV scene lately. Both of uh, the Stargate, Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis have sort of wrapped up their half-season set of episodes. Both of those, I, I guess about a week ago or so in the States, sort of had their mid-season finale. Uh, Things are looking kind of grim on both shows, a lot of uh, things going on. Uh, I really, uh, really have enjoyed them this year, uh, as I usually do. I think they've got some good stories going, and I'm looking forward to them coming back, which I don't think will be until sometime early in 2007. I believe the, the... the show is both Doctor Who, which is an excellent show that just started uh, last Friday on the Sci-Fi Channel, and of course, Battlestar Galactica will be returning to the Sci-Fi Channel this coming Friday, October sixth. So those will be filling up uh, Fridays for a while, and uh, you know it's it's kind of nice to have a, a bit of a change like that, and it's also good that they're they've got something to uh, to replace the Stargates with while those are off the air for a while. So. It uh, it's kind of difficult to wait for uh, them to wrap things up and, and finish it out. I mean, Stargate SG One has been at least officially canceled uh, after the last uh, group of episodes will air this uh, 
spring, but it's still a possibility. They're trying to shop it around to some other networks, so you never know. Uh, in the world of TV, sci-fi, and movies, uh, I, I, I've learned a long time ago, especially being a big Star Trek fan, to to never say never. So it's uh, it's a good, you know, it's a, it's a possibility that it might show up somewhere else. I am continuing to watch these new enhanced Star Trek uh, episodes from the original series. I watched The Devil in the Dark last week, uh, and I haven't caught this weekend's, which they're showing the naked time from the early uh, first season. I haven't caught that one yet. But, again, I think they're doing a pretty good job with these. It's still slightly annoying, the, the, the little cuts they make for time and more commercials on the show, but I think the, the added little uh, effects that they're doing are, are rather good, and... You know, they, could they do more? Could they do, uh, you know, yeah, they could do a lot more. But it's, uh, I don't think they want to do too much. I think they're trying to uh, to just uh, blend the effects in and not make it too different from the original episodes. And if anything, it's, it's, it's generating some new interest in the original series and in Star Trek in general. So to me, that's always a good thing. All right, before we get into the uh, the main topic, the uh, Deep Space Nine uh, episode commentary, which I want to get to very soon uh, since I'm going to do a full episode commentary, I have a couple of contests to, uh, to settle the uh, results on. The first one was a forum-only, uh, forum member-only contest. This uh, contest involved, uh, involved placing a photo up on the, in the members-only section on the forums at treksf.com of you doing something uh, Star Trek sort of related, whether that was you at a convention in a costume, uh, uh, somebody taking a picture of you giving the Vulcan hand salute, uh, you know, anything, holding a phaser you know, toy or something like that. I've got a few people that have participated. I've got their names down with numbers by them, and I'm going to roll a dice. And it looks like uh, the winner for the figure is, uh, which the action figure was uh, Scotty from the episode Relics, is... Kenny, Kenny wins the figure. He, uh, Kenny from California, is a longtime uh, listener I know to the show. And Kenny, if you send me your uh, information on where to send the uh, Scotty action figure, I'll get that out to you. So you are the winner from the forum only contest. So uh, congratulations, Kenny, and uh, stand by. We're going to do the other contest here in a second. Okay, the other contest from last week's podcast that I had announced was you had to name uh, at least two Constitution-class starships as uh, discussed or seen in the original Star Trek series along with their uh, registry numbers, such as Enterprise being uh, NCC-1701. Uh, I've got uh, several people that emailed me with the correct, uh, at least two starships that were correct with their uh, numbers associated with those. I've got all the names that uh, had at least two that they sent those to me, and I am going to roll a die again. And it looks like the winner this time is, his name is, uh, hold on, is it Joe or John? i got to look this up. Just one second, sorry. Yeah, it's uh, it's John. John Worley is the winner. Sorry about that. Uh, I, I had uh, Jay's written down, you know, Jay Worley and... Uh, there are there are actually uh, like three or four people that have a J first name that had entered the contest, and I, I wrote a lot of J's down. So anyway, I'm sorry. John Worley is the winner, and uh, he had quite a extensive list that he sent in, seven or eight. Uh, and uh, congratulations to you! You win the action figure. It was a uh, a Dr. McCoy as seen in the 
pilot episode encounter at Farpoint episode of TNG. So congratulations, Mr. Worley. Uh, send me your uh, information. Both of the contest winners, Kenny and John, send me your information, and I will get those figures out to you in the again the email, treksf at gmail.com. And we are going to come right back now in a second with the commentary on Far Beyond the Stars. So here we go in a sec. for almost six hours. We couldn't find any sign of survivors. The Cortez was a good ship. You knew Captain Swafford a long time. I introduced him to his wife. Patrolling Cardassian borders is getting more and more dangerous. You never know when you're going to run into a squadron of Jem'Hadar fighters. I guess we popped the champagne cork too soon, huh? Everyone thought the war was over when we retook the station. And pushed the Dominion back into Cardassian space. Now keep in mind, we are in the sixth, the number six season of Deep Space Nine. The, the war thing that's been going on is is taking its toll. Cisco ah, has just learned Mr. that uh, a friend of his has been killed. How do you like our station so far? Well, it certainly is big. It's a. Uh, Captain Sisko's father is just uh, visiting him now. I'm sorry. Look, Dad, I know I haven't been very good company in the last few days. I didn't come here to be entertained. I came to see you and Jake. Well, you certainly picked an interesting time to take your first trip away from Earth. Well, I figured it was now or never. Besides, I've been worried about you. Now, one thing to keep in mind for this episode is it's uh, it's being directed by Avery Brooks, and he's heavily featured in this one, so I think he does an outstanding job. Dad, just say it, son. I don't know how much more I can take. I don't know how many more friends I can lose. Every time I achieve a real victory, something like this happens, and everything seems to turn to ashes. So what do you want to do? Maybe it's time for me to step down. Let someone else make the tough calls. I see. No one is indispensable, son. Not even you. Whatever decision you make, I'll support. Of course, if Quentin Swafford was here... I bet he'd have a few things to say to you. But he's not here, and that's the whole point. I'd say you have some thinking to do. And I've got a dinner date with my grandson, so you'd better get to it. I've always liked to think about Deep Space Nine and how much they have family involved in the uh, episodes. Cisco, his son, his father. Who was that? Cisco just saw a flash of a guy go? in an old-style Earth The man that just walked by my door. I didn't see anyone. I could have sworn... He's obviously under a lot of pressure. He thinks he's just stressing out and seeing things. And it's... I don't know what you're so worried about, Ben. I'm not taking my ship anywhere near the Cardassian border. Now, this is Cisco in uh, Cassidy Yates, uh, his uh, girlfriend in Deep Space Nine. Ah, they've got to catch me first. You're really not worried, are you? No, I'm fearless. 
And you know that. That's why you love me. I think I follow that logic. <laughs> hey, Betty! Now, Cash game? He's seeing a flash of what? a baseball player. Cisco's always been a big baseball who fan. And who was who? Of course, he still thinks he's seeing things here uh, on Deep Space Nine. Where are you going? He's laying on a bed in sick bay with Bashir and everyone are you all there. Right? I think so. Thank God. Hey, Dad, you scared us there for a minute. What happened? I don't know. I'm reading some unusual synaptic potentials. Your neural patterns are similar to those you experienced last year. You mean when I was having those visions about Bajor? Visions? Does this have something to do with those prophets you're always telling me about? He's not going to need surgery again, is he? I'm not sure yet. So I'd like you to remain overnight for observation. Is it absolutely necessary? Take a look at these readings. Are you gonna buy that or not? And personally, I don't see the attraction. Spaceships, flying saucers, men from Mars. What's wrong with men from Mars? Nothing, except it's all make-believe. Me? Now like Cisco's back on old Earth. Can you see from here, Tweets? At a newsstand. Burton Lancaster, standing there. In the middle of Pearl Harbor, machine gun blazing. He's Shooting picked up a, uh, a a a little uh, pamphlet uh, book uh, so magazine that's that. uh, called Incredible Tales. Benny, hello, Albert. I uh, I thought you might be going to the, uh, the office. Oh, we could walk there together. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, there they are. <laughs> Now, while the intro is uh, is going here, I'll uh, I'll talk a little bit. Of this episode was uh, in season six, like I said earlier on. Far Beyond the Stars. Let me give you some info from my uh, Deep Space Nine companion book. Teleplay by Iris Stephen Bear, who was uh, one of the great writers on Deep Space Nine. Worked heavily on the show. Has gone on now to work uh, on the show called The 4400. Uh, teleplay also by Hans Beamler. The original story pitch was by a guy named Mark Scott Zacree. Now, Mark Zacree, originally the idea for this episode would, was that it was going to be Jake Sisko, uh, uh, Captain Sisko's son, that was going to sort of be transported back in time to the 1950s on Earth, except they, they didn't really have a good idea to how to fit him in that time period and get the points across that they wanted to in this episode. And Ira, I guess the story goes, driving home one day, he, it kind of came to him that they could do the same story and a much deeper look at things with uh, Ben Sisko, with uh, Jake's dad. So, uh, you know, the overall idea of this is that he's he's seeing uh, 
the old style and old times on Earth in the 1950s. He's a uh, a writer of sort of science fiction and fantastic tales for an old pulp type magazine. And all of the characters from Deep Space Nine end up in his sort of dream vision uh, in different roles, a lot of them out of makeup, which makes it real interesting, I think. I remember when I first saw this episode when it uh, first aired and, and how impressed I was with it. It's it's an excellent episode and uh, really happy to be looking at it today. So this is in the offices of the magazine. Uh, Bashir is there. Kira. The main editor is is, is played by... Uh, that's His name is Paps. He's played by the guy who plays Odo, René Aubergenois. Delicious. Delicious, my eye. These are two days old and you know it. I have been eating donuts my whole life. These weren't baked more than... The cast really just eats up these scenes in this episode. I mean, they just have a great time, and you can tell that it's fun for them, a change of pace from their regular uh, roles on Deep Space Nine. Did you see where I put the, uh, the matches? I gave them to you. For that fantasy crap, you right. You're lucky to be getting two. I beg you. Who's that? The latest Galaxy. Betty has a new issue of Galaxy. Let me see that. I'm sorry, earlier I said that Benny had picked up uh, the magazine they work on, which is called Incredible Tales of Scientific Wonder. He actually picked up a competing magazine off the newsstand called Galaxy. I'll even throw in a couple of crawlers. Okay, I'll stay. Don't do us any favors. Good. Now that we've finished with the old business, on to the new. Time to hand out next month's story assignments. Ritterhouse, we're waiting! Okay. There's a, uh, a spaceship kind of uh, rocket ship on the desk during this episode, which is actually a Hugo Award, which is a a very uh, prestigious award in science fiction that was loaned to the, the people at Deep Space Nine by Rick Sternbach, who did a lot of the uh, designs of the ships and things on, on various Star Trek series. He actually has a couple of Hugo Awards. Oh, you've got to be kidding. What? So I had too much sauerkraut my Franks that night. What can I say? Be that as it may, There's an the illustrator on this uh, in this episode. I'll take it. Who's played by JG? I think you say his last name. Hertzler. But the story, story will be ours. <sighs> He, pro- he plays uh, one of the Klingon uh, commanders throughout Deep Space Nine. He's holding an illustration that looks very much like uh, the Deep Space Nine space station right now. Uh, All right, next order of business. Some of our readers have been and JG is actually a, a pretty like. gifted oh, artist in real life. Like writers, poor, needy, and incredibly attractive. Well, our publisher has a better idea. Mr. Stone has decided to run a picture of you in next month's issue. Is that absolutely necessary? I'm afraid it is. Okay, you can sleep late that day. Of course I can. God forbid the public ever finds out that Casey Hunter is a woman. I suppose I'm sleeping late that day, too. It's not personal, Benny, but as far as our readers are concerned, Benny Russell is as white as they are. Let's just keep it that way. Oh, yes. If the world is not ready for a woman writer, imagine what would happen if it learned about a Negro with a typewriter. Run for the hills. It's the end of civilization. What about W.B. Du Bois, Sorin Hurston, Langston Hughes, Ralph Ellison? Richard Wright, did you ever hear of Native Son? 
That's literature for liberals and intellectuals. The average reader is not going to spend his hard-earned cash on stories written by Negroes. Would someone please shoot me and put me out of my misery? Oh, how I long for a gun. So you can see here Sorry, they, they want to do this photo, but they don't want, of course, uh, the, the on, Cisco Danny, character or Kira's character, a woman, being in the that. picture. Because this is the 1950s, and, you know, Negroes, which as they were called at that time, you know, black people, African Americans, you know, were not seen right, in positions like this, you know, as a, uh, a pretty highly paid uh, author in a magazine, also women the same situation. And this this really is the heart of this episode. You know, Deep Space Nine, Star Trek in general, has always been about a better future. A future where all races, both sexes, can all work together along with aliens. And that there is no, you know, prejudice or racism. Can I have my drawing back? Hey, boy. I'd watch that tone of voice if I were you. Here, uh, Benny Russell, Cisco's character in the in the past here, is being hassled by a couple of police guys. One's Mark Alamo, who plays Gil Ducat on Deep Space Nine. How do you know that picture's yours? It's the drawing of a space station. Space station. Hey, 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 hey. The other officer is played by Jeffrey Combs, who played uh, Wayun on Deep Space Nine. See, it's not worth anything except to me. I say we run him in, check him for priors. Yeah. We gotta be uptown in 15 minutes. Take your drawing and get out of here. Hey, hey, you're getting off with a warning this time. Next time, not so lucky. Now get out of here. You heard him. Move on. I don't know, Kevin. You know, uh, I actually grew up in the um, in the Detroit area in the sixty seventy time period, and uh, you know, I have a lot of uh, well, let's just say I have some background in some of the incidents that are they're trying to show you in this episode, and it just kind of. Uh, I, I have a hard time understanding how, how people could ever be the way they were in those times. At this point, the uh, Benny Russell character is stopped uh, on the street again by a preacher who's played by uh, his father. Write those words, Brother Benny. Let them see the glory of what lies ahead. Benny, how do you know my name? Go now. Write the truth that's in your heart. The truth that shall set them free. Praise be the word of the Lord. Praise to the word of the prophets. And he mentions the word prophets there just uh, as Cisco is used to hearing it on Deep Space Nine. Avery Brooks really worked hard with uh, everybody that worked on this episode. The, the set people, the, the people who make up the various, you know, props and items that show up in the different scenes. He wanted this episode to just look very authentic to this time period on Earth. He's entered his uh, apartment right now. It's just filled with books. Uh, He's got a typewriter, of course, since he's a writer. He 
he's looking again at the drawing that uh, the the artist at the magazine did that looks so much like Deep Space Nine. You know, Cisco uh, is supposed to be from uh, the New Orleans area, and, and he's very into jazz, and you can hear a lot of jazz-type music in this episode, uh, which, which again, fits in with his... Uh, his character very well. There are a lot of older uh, science fiction authors uh, that uh, used a lot of pseudonyms, you know, false names, when they were writing different stories. A lot of women even especially would take names that were typically uh, a man's name so that they wouldn't be, you know, thought of differently. Uh, even, uh, you know, even I don't think this is the case, but, you know, the Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling, you know, that J.K. obviously, now it's very well known that she's a woman, but uh, I, I'm just wondering if she, she took the name J.K. to hide the fact that she was a woman author, even though it is uh you know, the year 2006 right now. But there are still people out there that, that you know, women, uh, other races, whether they're from, you know, the Far East, uh, Asians, African Americans, what have you, uh, people still have issues with that even now, and it just, uh, it, it's disappointing, and, and it's one of the, one of the things about Star Trek that I've always loved is how much they try to push that push that situation and, and make people understand that there is no difference. I talked to Mrs. Jackson last night, and she's serious about retiring in the next couple of years. Uh, I asked her about selling... Now Benny's in a, a little diner in the morning. He's, uh, he's talking to... Uh, it's obviously his girlfriend here, too, but she's sort of a waitress at this diner. A few years... More like 15, I, if you count all those stories you wrote in the Navy. And that was amateur stuff. Oh, baby, neither one of us is getting any younger, can't you see? This is our chance. We can make some money, we can get married. You always talking about writing for the future? Well, look around you, this is our future. Cassie, hear the game last night? Went two for four, Rob Snyder retainer. Should have heard the crowd yelling and carrying on. This is a baseball player in the era who's played by Michael Dorn, who is Worf on Deep Space Nine at this time. Would you please tell this fool to take his business someplace else? Well, I thought about it. Trouble is, if he did leave, he'd take my heart with him. Suit yourself. But if you ask me, it's a waste of a very pretty heart. I don't think so. Strike three, you're out. Well, that's all right. I'll get another turn at bat. How about some steak and eggs? Ah, uh, coming right up. Ah, uh, but tell me something. How come you still live in uptown? I mean, a famous ball player like you, you can live anywhere you want. The hell I can. They can hardly get used to the idea of me playing alongside them. Living next door to them, it's a whole other story. Besides, around here, when people look at me, it's because they admire me. I'm just another colored boy that can hit a curveball. Now, if you will excuse me, my public awaits. You know, even uh, even athletes uh, at this time were, you know, athletes that were African Americans. 
were not really thought of uh, equally. Hey, Benny, you want to buy a watch? Where did you get that? I found it. Now nice. we have uh, Ben Cisco's son, Jake, showing up as this sort of con man who tries to sell things, watches, stuff like that. You keep thinking that way and watch what happens. Man, why are you always trying to lecture me? I'm not trying to lecture you, Jimmy. I'm just trying to help. Now, you want to help me? You can buy this watch. I can use the cash. Why don't you get a job? That's what? A delivery boy or a dishwasher? <laughs> no, thanks. I like being my own boss. Set my own out. Yeah, sounds like a great life. Yours ain't no better. Writing stories about a bunch of white people living on the moon. Man, who cares about that? Hey, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm writing about us. Wait, colored people on the moon? Oh, check out next month's issue. <laughs> colored people on the moon. <laughs> this might do that. But first, I'm gonna need to raise me some cash. This this brings up a uh, a thought in my mind. Uh, there's a female African American astronaut, uh, Mae Jameson, who was very much inspired by Star Trek uh, by the character of Uhura to go into. Uh, NASA and the space program. She actually <laughs> guessed it as a transporter operator on oh, on the uh, on an episode of uh, the Next that's Generation at one time. So there again, uh, a positive uh, influence. If, if you don't mind my asking, that is, uh, you, you you are. I'm Mr. Paps's new secretary, Darlene Kersky. This is which one uh, wrote this? Terry Farrell is playing this sort of ditzy you? secretary. Well, it's just, it's the best thing I've read since the Puppet Masters. I read a lot of science fiction. Bless you, my child. The world needs more people like you. This story is really, it's... It, then um, he's letting everyone uh, now in the office read his story about Deep it's, Space it's Nine, very which is what he's writing. Impressive? Yes. It's a damn fine piece of writing is what it is. And Deep Space Nine is a very intriguing title. Very admirable. The master of understatement. What he really means is he wishes he had half your talent. You know what, Benny? I like this major of yours. She's a tough cookie. A science fiction needs more strong women characters. I'm always saying that, aren't I, Jules? Ad nauseam, dear. It's Kardashians. I like the way you describe them, especially the neck ridges. I'm going to do some sketches for to take a look at. Make a nice cover. Don't waste your time. You, get back to work. Right away, Mr. You too, Roy. Douglas. You're not going to stand there and tell us you don't like this story. Oh, I like it all right. It's good. It's very good. But you know I can't print it. Why not? Oh, come on, Benny. Your hero's a Negro captain. The head of a space station, for Christ's sake. What's wrong with that? People won't accept it. It's not believable. And men from Mars are? Stay out of this, Herb. Look, Benny, I'm a magazine editor. I am not a crusader. I'm not here to change the world. I'm here to put out a magazine. That's my job. That means I have to answer to the publisher, the national distributors, the wholesalers, and none of them are going to want to put this story on the newsstand. For all we know, it could cause a race riot. Congratulations, Douglas. That's the most imbecilic attempt to rationalize personal cowardice that I've ever heard. Uh He's angry now. Huh. Herb's been angry ever since Joseph Stalin died. What's that supposed to mean? You know exactly what it means. You're calling me a red? Easy, easy. Calm down, dear boy. We're writers. No Vikings. I'm not going to stand here and let some craven fascist call me a pinko and get away with it. Douglas, um, what did you think of, uh, of my story? I loved it. You see, Albert's got the right idea. He's not interested in Negroes or whites. He writes about robots. That's because he is a robot. 
No offense, <laughs> Albert. I like robots. They're very... You can see they, you know, uh, an excellent story, they're all saying, but just they've got this issue okay. with it being a, a right black now, no, captain on, on Deep Space Nine, a black captain of the space station. It's very disappointing, the and the publisher, of course, is worried about the, the fallout team. He wants to, doesn't, doesn't want to buck, buck the trends. He doesn't want to fight for really what's right. He just wants to make a buck. It's your call. I mean, I, I truly believe that, that shows like Star Trek, that uh, certain authors of science fiction, we are, they were, you know, I think they were all very instrumental in, in making the world, you know, better than it used to be. I, I, I hope I'm not overemphasizing that too much, but... That the only reason they'll ever let us in space is if they need someone I think the imagination of both science fiction of Star Trek is what makes know. people honest, think there can be different ways that there can be better ways it's today that matters well I've got news for you today or a hundred years from now it don't make a bit of difference as far as they're concerned we'll always be niggas things are going to change they have to you keep telling yourself that maybe this is all happening for a reason. You mean, maybe it's God's way of telling me that I should quit writing and go into the restaurant business? Hey, it's possible. Maybe I know we can make this work for us. We could be happy. Besides, you don't have to give up writing altogether. Maybe you could write something for the Amsterdam News or some other Negro newspaper. I'm not a reporter. I'm a writer. I write fiction. And the Amsterdam News is not going to publish stories about a space station 400 years into the future. You had a game last night? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to frighten you. There he saw Worf, uh, the baseball player in the, in the past, but it has his Worf character with his Klingon makeup and outfit on and everything. He's starting to see flashes just like... Cisco saw at the beginning of flashes of the past. Benny's now seeing flashes of Deep Space Nine and where he looks. Hello, brother Ben. You again. Now he's met up with uh, the preacher character again, played by uh, the the same uh, actor who plays his father. Prophets, brother Ben. Show us the way. What way? I don't know what you're talking about. Write the words, Brother Ben. The words that will lead us out of the darkness onto the path of righteousness. Write the words, Brother Benny. Write the words. type of episode uh i used to do some teaching my wife's a teacher and this episode of deep space nine is something that if if i was teaching a a group of kids high school junior high and i could fit it into the lesson plan somehow this is the kind of episode that i would show them this episode is i think very important and and it shows just just how how much good i think can come from an episode of television and in this case deep space nine 
date. I'm sorry. It can be entertaining, but it can also make you think. All and it's just. Uh, I think it's an important point. Why are you writing another one of those stories? You couldn't sell the last one. What makes you think this one will be any different? It probably won't be, but it doesn't matter. It's what I've got to do. Right now, what you've got to do is eat. I'm not hungry. What time is it anyway? It's after midnight. I should be getting home to bed. But before I go, what do you say we take a spin on the dance floor? So we're in Benny's apartment. He's with uh, Cassidy, and they're dancing, of course, like she just said. Music is playing. Feels good, doesn't it? I could stay like this forever. Mm, Me too. It's times like these that I wish we'd never heard of the Dominion. The Dominion? What do you mean? Now he keeps flashing back to uh, Cassidy and him on Deep Space Nine. What is it, Ben? What's wrong? I don't care. I think I'm losing my mind. Tell me, tell me, what's wrong? I'm starting to see things from my story. It's as if I'm becoming this Captain Sisko. Okay, baby, you just need to get some rest. It's all right. It's all right. I'm with you. I'm with you, baby. your mind. Lately, I've been asking myself the same question. I give you a novella to write. I even offer you a shot at the cover. Three weeks later, instead of a novella, you come back with six stories. Six sequels to a story I refused to publish in the first place. So I guess the answer to the question we've both been asking is, yeah, you are certifiable. I think you should print your own stories, you know, through a private publishing house. A nice, elegant volume, 50 to 100 copies. Uh, That's a great idea. I might as well write it in chalk on the sidewalk. More people would read it that way. I've got an idea. Why not make them, uh, you know, a, uh, a d- dream? What's that? Just make the ending of your first story, uh, Deep Space Nine, a dream. Would that make a difference? It depends. On what? On who's doing the dreaming. Well, obviously, someone, uh, someone without a lot of hope, a, a shoeshine boy, a convict, someone dreaming of a better future. A Negro. Yeah, well, I suppose it'd have to be if he was dreaming about a Negro captain. Hold on. <laughs> Making it a dream guts the story. Shut up, Herb! I think it makes it more poignant. What about the other Cisco stories? He can't make them all dreams. Let him get this one published first, then he can worry about the others. What do you think, Benny? So you can see here they're paralleling what he's going through, that that it's a dream. It's that better the, than you know, chalk the, on the This side. is a dream for the future. Can I play? Uh, <laughs> hey, Jimmy, I got great news. We're headed for the stars. Yeah, sure, whatever. Oh, well, come on. I'll buy you lunch. I'll tell you all about it. Later. I got some business to take care of. Oh, what kind of business? So it looks like uh, Benny's accepted that idea hey, 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 that, that this uh, what are you Deep Space about? Nine story Don't worry about it. It's cool, man. I got it under control. Huh? I'll see you around. Bottom of the seventh. I'm up again. O2 fastball. Bam! Into the left field bleachers. Had to be 400 feet. 
I know all about it, Willie. I read the newspaper. Oh, but you gotta admit, they don't tell it like I tell it. Hey, Cassie! Hey, man, did you hear the game last night? I went two for four. Yeah, Willie, that's great. But I just hit a grand slam. They are publishing one of my Cisco stories so at three cents a word. Three cents a word? Oh, good for you, baby. That means tonight we are celebrating Dancing the Works. I'll wear my red dress. Yeah, you damn right you will. Three cents a word. Three cents a word. I don't quite get about this episode is the fact that he's writing at this time for a uh, sort of one of those pulp uh, magazines from the time, science fiction, fantasy stories, monsters, and all that, and I would have thought those magazines in general would have been a little more forgiving for uh, the idea of a story like Deep Space Nine in it. Yeah, if you tried to sell the story to like Life Magazine or something like that of the time, I could see them really not wanting to do it, but... Uh, you know, this was a speculative fiction magazine, so he's uh he's now they're out near a club kinda of celebrating and seeing his uh preacher again. The Lord is in his path. But brother Benny, this is only the beginning of your journey, not the ending. The path of the prophets sometimes leads into darkness and pain. Benny, what is he talking about? Who are you? I speak with the voice of the prophets. He's grabbing Cisco's ear just like the uh, the Kais do on Deep Space Nine. And in their words, hope and despair walk arm in arm. Did you understand any of that? Is that gunfire? It's the character of Jimmy. Is that what you told him because he was breaking into a car? He had a whip. A crowbar! Yeah, now step back. Come on. Hey! Hey! Cisco tried to get in to see him, and now the cops are beating him up. Beaten pretty severe, even though he's down on the ground. Very, uh, very disgusting display, really. I'm telling you, baby, you've been cooped up in this apartment for weeks. Going down to the office will do you good. I suppose you're right. I should be there when the first copies of this month's issue are delivered. Absolutely. After all that work you did, you deserve to see your story in print. Just no jumping up and down with excitement. We don't want you to hurt yourself. restrict myself to a proud grin. You're not having any more of those hallucinations, are you? I'm fine.
again, it's it's really good to see some what about it came from relationships. Uh, you know, Cassidy and Cisco was always a good part of Deep Space Nine. And now he's get, coming into the office, probably for the first time since he was beaten by the police, just to see that his story being published. Uh, hey, Benny. Long time no see. Is it here? Not yet. Perhaps still at the printer. We're waiting for his return with bated breath. We, uh, heard that... that you were... I heard they beat the hell out of you. I'm okay. Glad to see that you're, you know, up and about. Tell him the good news, Albert. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's nothing. I... Well, nothing. He sells a novel to Gnome Press and he says it's nothing. Oh, oh Albert. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Robots, huh? What else? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That's the character of O'Brien writing about robots. Uh, since he's the engineer, it makes sense. It's about time. Douglas. Magazine. There isn't any magazine. Not this month, anyway. Mr. Stone had the entire run pulped. He can't do that. Oh, he can? And he did. He believes, quote, this issue did not live up to our usual high standards, unquote. Oh. Well, what's that supposed to mean? It means he didn't like it. Which means the public will simply have to get along without any incredible tales this month. What exactly is it that he did not like? The, the, the artwork? The, uh, the layout? Uh, what... High standards is he talking about? Oh, I, it's about my story, isn't it? That's what this is all about. He didn't want to publish my story. And we all know why. Because my hero is a colored man. Hey, this magazine belongs to Mr. Stone. If he doesn't want to publish this month, we don't publish this month. End of story. That doesn't make it right, and you know it. Don't tell me what I know. Besides, it's not about what's right. It's about what is. And I'm afraid I've got some more bad news for you, Benny. Mr. Stone has decided that your services are no longer required here. What? You're firing me? I have no choice, Benny. It's his decision. Well, you can't fire me. I quit. To hell with you. And to hell with Stone! Try to stay calm, Benny. Oh, I'm tired of being calm. Calm never got me a damn thing. I'm warning you, Benny, if, if you don't stop this, I'm going to call the police. You go ahead, call them! Call anybody you want. They can't do anything to me. Not anymore, and nor can any of you. I'm a human being, damn it. You can deny me all you want. But you cannot deny Ben Sisko exists. That future, that space station, all those people, they exist in here. In my mind, I created it. And every one of you know it. You read it. It's here. You, you, you hear what I'm telling you? You can pop a story, but you cannot destroy an idea. Don't you understand? That's ancient knowledge. You cannot destroy an idea. 
that culture. I created it, and it's real. Don't you understand? It is real. I created it, and it's real. It's real. Oh, God. Just amazing, amazing work by Avery Brooks in this episode. Uh, well deserving of any awards they can give out for TV. Taking away in an ambulance now with uh, the preacher is inside the ambulance. Tell me, please, who am I? Don't you know? Tell me. You are the dreamer, and the dream. Waking up back on uh, Deep Space Nine. How long was I out? Only for a few minutes. Seems like forever to me. That's odd. Somehow your neural patterns have returned to normal. That's good, isn't it? Oh, it's very good. I just don't understand how it happened. How are you feeling, son? I'm okay. I'm done packing. Transport leaves at eight in the morning. I wish you could stay longer. I've got to get back to the restaurant. Ah, my customers have never gone this long without me. The question is, what are you going to do? The only thing I can do, stay here and finish the job I started. And if I failed, I fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I've never known you to quote from the Bible. I'm full of surprises, aren't I? And so you... Sounds like that dream you had helped you sort things out. I suppose it did. But I have begun to wonder. What if it wasn't a dream? What if this life we're leading, all of this, you and me, everything, what if all of this is the illusion? That's a scary thought. I know, I know. But maybe, just maybe, Benny isn't the dream. We are. 
Maybe we're nothing more than figments of his imagination. For all we know, at this very moment, somewhere far beyond all those distant stars, Benny Russell is dreaming of us. That's it. That's uh, my look at uh, this just superb, uh, sorry about that pop I could hear, uh, superb episode of Deep Space Nine, Far Beyond the Stars from Season 6. Avery Brooks, uh, excellent job directing, starring. Uh, the whole crew and cast did just pulled out all the stops on this one. And obviously this theme of racism and of a better future is is so important uh, i think uh, like i said earlier i think this is the kind of show that again i'd show students if i was teaching i'd show my family uh, it's it's just so important if if they only made one episode of uh, deep space 9 this is the one maybe they should have made and, and did make so uh, really like looking back at this one i hope you guys enjoyed it uh, i'll be back in a minute Well, again, I, I hope everyone had an uh, enjoyable time uh, looking at Deep Space Nine, uh, Far Beyond the Stars episode. Great uh, great tale there. Uh, well worth uh, doing a podcast on. I'm not going to uh, really cover any collectibles this week. I, it's, it's been a very difficult week for me. Uh, our, uh, our dog, our Labrador Black Lab, uh, Cheyenne, uh, we had to, as they say, put to sleep this week. Uh, she... Uh, had uh, a lot of trouble in the last week or so moving around. It turned out to be cancer, and it was a uh, it was a very sad week for us, uh, and uh, it's very difficult. You know, sometimes you don't really uh, realize how much your uh, your pets mean to you until something like this happens. Uh, I just wanted to uh, to tell everyone out there, all the pet owners, to. Uh, you know, give your dog or cat kind of an extra treat or hug today. And, uh, you know, if you can send some money to, like, the Humane Society, you know, that'd be great. We try to do that as often as we can. Uh, that's where we got Cheyenne originally uh, just only five years ago. So it's been a tough week for me. And I wanted to end this podcast kind of dedicated to her. Uh, I'm going to add a uh, little song at the end here. So I'll talk to everyone soon. Bye. Sand and stone Could you make 